Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Um, from Saratoga Springs, New York. And this is, you know, this is my podcast, Let's Break the Silence and Take Your Life Back. And I have with me today a very lovely lady who I met on the internet. This is the power of the internet. Internet. Her name is Kia Baker. She is the, um, she's a creator and host at the Female Veterans Podcast. And she is also a co-host um, of Hot Topics Live and the Hot Topics uh, Podcast. So, you know, we're here today. Um, Kia is going to share some golden nuggets with you all. We're going to have like a coffee and conversation here today, which I'm really, 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 really looking forward to. So, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, like the patterns of behavior in an abusive relationship. We're also going to talk about, you know, choosing yourself over someone who cannot control their anger. And Kia has had experience with this. You know, she's experienced some of this in her past, and she is here to share her story and to share some insights that can help you, you know, recognize those types of behaviors. And um, so, Kia, without further ado, Take it away. Hi, Angeline. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be a part of your show. Oh, thank you. It's so great for you. To, it's so great that you're here with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm honored that you're on my show. Thank you so much. So I guess what I wanted to say to start off with is that I am not an expert. Um, I don't have a degree in this. I have degrees, but not in this. But what I do have is life experience. And um, I've also been married twice and divorced twice <laughs> and can recognize patterns of behavior that, um, that are, you know, detrimental to one's well-being. And I guess I have to say, I've also spent most of my life being that girl, that friend that sees the patterns in all my girlfriends' relationships and tries to help. So um, I'm going to tell you a story, if you don't mind. Um, the first time I actually ever witnessed uh, a domestic violence situation was... Um, in the 90s, I was about uh, 23 years old. And I had, I used to go to these uh, underground dance parties, right. And I was in San Francisco, and I met this girl, she was adorable. Her name was Casey. And she was so cute. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, you're so adorable. Come hang out with me. And she did. And we spent the whole like night, like eight hours all night long, just hanging out and dancing together at this party. And so after that, we kept in touch. I went back to Chicago where I was stationed in the Navy and um, we kept in touch. And one day uh, she had gotten, she'd moved away from her parents because she was younger than me. Um, she moved away from her parents' house. I think she was about 20 and she got an apartment with her best friend and her new boyfriend. Uh, his name was Gary. And I can't remember what her best friend's name was. And uh, I flew to San Francisco 
to visit her. And um, I also had a friend who lived um, just south of Los Angeles. And, um, and so we went to California to visit my friend. And when I got there, I immediately sensed something was weird. <laughs> it was just really weird energy from her boyfriend because um, once uh, I was with my first husband and I got married really young <laughs> and we, we got to her apartment and she was like, I need to go get groceries. So we went to get groceries and when we got back, we'd only been gone for like maybe 40 minutes. Her boyfriend was like beside himself. He was just like really tripping. <laughs> like that's the only way I could explain it as to how long we had been gone. What had we been really doing? And it was just like, what is going on? Why is he so anxious about us going to the grocery store for 40 minutes? So um, then the next clue that something was wrong was when her best friend, who I knew had been her best friend for a lot of years, came in and he came in and he made like a beeline for his room, went into his room, grabbed a couple of things, didn't speak to either of them and left. And I was like, what's that about? And she was sort of like, oh no, it's all this drama with him and all of that. And he's changed and everything like that. So I'm like, oh, that's so weird. Well, another day passed by and we were supposed to rent a car and drive down to see my friend. And when we did that, he woke up in the morning and he was like, I wanna go and see my grandma and with the rental car. And she was like, well, we have these plans. And I was in the guest bathroom, which was right next to their bedroom. So I could hear everything that was going on. <laughs> I was getting, you know, out wow. of the shower and getting ready. And he was like, no. He was like, I want to go and see my grandma. And he started to like work himself up into sort of like some sort of I don't know, frenzy. And then the next thing I know, I hear like a ruckus. And I then hear, but like I hear like hushed voices, but a ruckus. And I'm thinking to myself, what is going on in there? Something's not right. Something's wrong. And then I hear him bring her into the bathroom, which is against the other, on the other side of the wall where I was. And if memory serves me correctly, it, it sounded like someone was getting hit with a belt. Oh my goodness. And I was like, what is really going on? And I heard muffled whimpering and crying. And I was like, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? I have to like go break this up. And I'm like naked <laughs> and trying to get my clothes on really quick. And so I come out and I knock on the door and um, she comes to the door and she's like kind of fixing her face up, you know? And she's like, I'll be right out. I'll be right out in a minute. And I was like, okay. And um, I sort of just like was in shock, you know? And I didn't understand what had just happened. And I noticed that when she came out of the room a couple minutes later, she had bruises on her arm. And I was like, Casey, what is going on here? Like, this is not okay. We need to go right now. We need to leave. And so we left. We left out of the apartment. That's good. We, 
you escaped, so you managed to... Yeah, so my husband, my ex-husband, myself, and my friend Casey, we left out of the apartment. And so I didn't really know where I was. There was like no um, cell phones back then. There was no MapQuest. We had taken a taxi to her apartment. So I really didn't know um, by heart her address or the area that we were living in or staying in. And um, I know that downstairs she had um, some neighbors and their patio door was open. And shortly after we walked down the steps to go, because I'm like, we're leaving right now, we're getting out of here. He came flying out of the apartment. He was a very short guy and apparently had been a gymnast. He ran down the steps on about almost to the bottom of the steps. He turned and did like some flips through the air, like legitimate, like flips, gymnast style. I don't know, back handsprings or something like that. Back flips of some sort across the grass to the car where we were getting into the vehicle because we were like fleeing. Grabbed her in a headlock and drug her back upstairs into the apartment. And I was like in shock because I was getting into the passenger seat. I was like in shock. They slammed the door and all of a sudden, all you could hear was like banging, like someone was getting thrown around. And um, I ran to the neighbors and I asked them, please call the cops, please call 911. I don't know where I am. I don't have a, like, I, please call 911 and tell them to come. And so they were just sort of looking at me. I know they could hear it was happening right above them. They just looked at me like I was crazy. Um, and so my husband started off, he, like, he was in shock too. And then he started up to go up the steps. But by the time he got about halfway up the steps, she came out of the apartment. She came running down the steps. They turned, we got into the car and we drove away. So the thing about that story we went to my friend's house. Um, we drove down past LA and we went to my friend's uh, place, my, my other friend's apartment. And, um, and we, had we had had plans to spend the night there. And that night was like a horrible night because I spent a lot of the night freaking out <laughs> about what I had just witnessed, right? And my friend Casey, by the time we got to my other friend's apartment, was completely calm and over it. So I couldn't even really discuss it with her because she was like, oh, you know what? Kia, he just overreacts. He was just overreacting. And I was like, what are you talking about? That was highly insane and abusive. Oh and she yeah, was like, no kidding. Yeah, right? And she was like, no, he's just overreacted. So for the next 24 hours, I tried to convince her that that was not overreacting and that she was in an abusive situation and that she should leave him. And she insisted that he was just overreacting. So when we got back to her apartment, um, we were unwelcome. So he made it very clear that he did not want us there for about 24 hours. And we still had like three days left of our trip. And um, 
the second day he came and he apologized. And he said, hey, I'm really sorry for the way I acted. I was overreacting. I'm really sorry, you know. And I said to him, you should not be treating her like that. She deserves better treatment than that. I don't know who you think you are. I'm like, but you, you should not be treating women like that. And he got really mad. Of course he did. Of course, because you called him out on her. That's <laughs> yeah. That's he got really mad and left the room. And she did not. She went with him. And she did not speak to me for the rest of the night. Um, they went and they hung out together. Um, her guests, my husband and I, were completely left alone. Um, so the next day we left, we made our arrangements to take the train back to my other friend's house for the rest of our trip to California. And we told them, you know, we're, we're leaving. And, um, he said then that that night we stayed there and in the morning he told her, I want them out of here. So we had to leave and, you know, find somewhere to be until it was she could take us to the train station because she had to work and he was like they can't be here so um she took us to the train station and that was the last i saw of her and i told her listen you don't deserve that kind of treatment you know you 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 shouldn't be with him and when i got back to chicago i called her up several times and she never answered another one of my calls in fact, to this day, I don't know whatever happened to her. Oh, I but, was going to ask you, did you ever hear from her? Nothing. Never again. But you know what? I, I'm okay with that because I did what I thought was right. And that's not the, the unfortunately, that's the first situation I saw like that, but not the last. Okay. Okay. And you know what? I think she was afraid, probably. You know, mm -hmm. that fear that she had, but she just didn't want to admit it. Yeah. And she didn't want to, she didn't want to, she was entrenched in it. She go. could, she didn't want to, she wasn't at the point where she knew she needed help yet. Like she was accepting this. Something in her was broken to where mm -hmm. she felt like she deserved it in some way or she was willing to accept it, I believe. You know what it is, and you hit the nail on the head. And she didn't reach her breaking point. Mm -hmm. If she had reached her breaking point, things would have been a lot different. Yeah. I mean, the humiliation of that occurring in front of a friend that was visiting from out of state. We'd been friends for years before this happened, too, for probably three years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. What an experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was awful. And so, and, and in my own life, you know, I've, with my first husband, my first husband that was there with me at that time, um, he, I won't say that he was abusive, but there are different kinds of abuse, right? And I think that neglect is kind of a, a form of abuse as well. And so I think emotional neglect, um, so when you're in a relationship and um, your partner does not honor your emotions, does not honor your feelings, does not um, provide 
you know, warmth and companionship to you when you're in the relationship can be, feel kind of like an, an, an abuse, an, an emotional type of abuse. And then it's more mental because um, you can begin to doubt your own worth and you begin to feel like something's wrong with you because this person's not giving you love or attention or the kind of companionship that you need in your life. So there's another kind of, of situation that can occur in a relationship. And you can, you start to recognize the pattern of that um, when you start to push back against a, a way you're being treated that you don't want and the person will correct the behavior temporarily and then it'll go back. And so after a few cycles of that, you begin to realize that it's never, it's never gonna change and you have to decide whether you wanna continue in that life or if you want to try to find um, a relationship that is more um, fulfilling for you or, or less detrimental to your own mental health. You know, some people aren't really lovey-dovey people, and that's fine. If you connect with a person like that, it works, right? Maybe you show you show love and you receive love in, in a similar way that's compatible. That's fine. But for me, that, that doesn't work, you know? For me, I felt like there were big issues in the relationship because of that, you know? And, and then what happened? So during your relationship, what happened then? Well, I mean, it was just mostly a, a very significant feeling of being alone in the relationship and being lonely in the relationship. And when you're in a relationship, the last thing you should be is lonely, I think. <laughs> you know? Oh, so well, and I agree with you. Why? <laughs> so you're better off being single. Yeah. If you're going real. to be alone, like speaking for myself, you know, I've, you know, been free for nine and a half years from domestic violence, but I don't feel alone. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that's huge. You know, like after it I left, huge. huge. I didn't feel alone anymore. When I was in that toxic relationship, that toxic marriage, I felt alone. Yeah. I felt alone. Yeah. I got support. So... I was lucky because I had close friendships that, you know, but I never had a date to anything, you know, to any event. I was always alone. I was always alone. Even when he was present, I was alone. So there, there was no, and no matter how much like that I tried to express to him that I was unhappy and feeling alone, there was nothing that he, he would do more than temporarily because it wasn't who he was to be like a loving person and to be connected he was kind of a loner so even within our relationship like not at first because at first you know the guy is always putting his best foot forward right and then they kind of lure you in with that and then you're in and then it changes that's true <laughs> you're 100 you know? right that changes and that's whether it's like an emotional type of abuse to me that felt like an unemotional abuse when you're when you constantly feel like you are doing everything to try to please a person to get their attention and they won't give it to you 
it's very psychologically and emotionally um, debilitating. And people might be like, well, you know, why are you trying to get his attention like that? But when you, you get into the relationship, you have it. And then suddenly it changes. Exactly. You know? exactly. And you start to, you start to internalize and then you start to try to, 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 you know, course correct and um, do all these things. You know, it's kind of like, um, the, it's, it's bruises that you can't see. I think that mental and emotional abuse are bruises that you can't see. So where you have a battered spouse, she, you know, she has a spouse who's angry and who lays hands on her, which is absolutely horrible. And there's no excuse for that ever. But then she begins to try to overcompensate, right? And to, she just made him so mad or he was overreacting, right? And so then she tries to do everything so that he doesn't get to that point because she starts to feel like it's her. Well, let me not make him that mad. Let me not, you know, provoke him. And it's not every woman, obviously, every situation's unique, but it can happen like this, and I've seen it happen like this. And then you you try to you know, do everything possible to make sure that the guy is happy so that he doesn't lose his temper. And you're like on eggshells. It, it can be very similar in emotional and mental abuse type of situations where you're trying to do everything possible to please him, but there's just absolutely nothing that's going to please him. Right. And so you continue to get that sort of treatment. You know, a dear friend of mine, um, someone I care about very deeply is going through this process right now. And um, the man doesn't lay hands on her. In fact, they're, they are divorcing, but he's still finding ways to abuse her, whether it's financial, emotional, you know, I mean, sometimes it's what you say. It's abusive words. Sometimes it's abusive actions. Um, there's so many different types of abuse that, that you can inflict or can be inflicted on you. And at, at the heart of it is a person who is damaged and broken themselves. Exactly. 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 You hit the nail right on the head with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You hit the nail right on the head. So what led you this this is a question i have what led you to create your own podcast the female veterans podcast so what events led up to that because that's well, inspirational to me well know? thank you um it actually has to do with trauma but just a different type of trauma um <clears throat> while i was serving I hadn't found anyone really who had a um, an, an experience that was completely good. So I I met a lot of people who had had at least witnessed, maybe not experienced, but had at least witnessed some type of harassment, bullying, racism, you know, um, retaliation. Mm. Um, or military sexual trauma. And in fact, I believe 
think the statistic now is one out of three women who serve um, are survivors of military sexual trauma. Um, And it's, that's of those who report. And I believe it's one out of 100 men. And, um, And that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you realize how many men are actually serving in the armed forces, you begin to realize that it's actually a lot of people and you, and, and men don't report as much as women do. And the women don't report as often as it occurs. I see. Okay. So so for me, um, there were two reasons, um, because I wanted to break the culture of silence surrounding women serving. I believe that, um, all too often veterans are considered men just because of historically speaking, they predominantly were, but we're out here and we're veterans and we served and we have a unique experience by virtue of being a woman. And I wanted to share those stories, good or bad. Every story is important because somewhere there is a young lady who's graduating from high school and she's thinking about leaving her small town or escaping her horrible home life and she's going to use the military to do it. And she should be aware of what the potential outcomes of that experience could be, good or bad, and make an educated decision. There you go. There you go. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, like with my podcast, you know, recognizing <clears throat> the signals and breaking that silence, because especially for women, Mm-hmm. It's, in my view, shoved under the carpet. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you're doing really important work here. Uh, for me, um, I hear a lot of stories of women, and some of the stories that I hear from female veterans include domestic violence of some sort, whether it's emotional abuse, physical abuse, or whether it is um, mental as well. And so that's why I feel like this is a great conversation for us to have because I hear these stories. I hear them. Exactly. This is a great conversation to have. And we're bringing this issue out in the open, mm-hmm. you know, for our listeners, you know, that there is abuse. It's out mm-hmm. there. In fact, um, I'm, my third season is beginning this very week at the end of the week. I just um, published my season two finale. And in the third season, I have a beautiful veteran female named Jessica. And when I uh, reached out to her, she was um, at the end of an abusive relationship. And so that episode is largely about her transition out of the military and landing in an abusive relationship and her advice for women on how to get out of it. And it's, it's a very moving episode. And I mean, she was really in a crisis, even when we did the interview. And she was brave and open and candid and shared. And so that's, that's coming up in season three. Standing ovation. <laughs> Standing ovation. So where can listeners find you? Uh, where can they find your podcast? Well, um, my podcast is on eight different platforms, so pretty much anywhere you want to hear it. But 
I find that most of my listeners um, tune in at iTunes or Spotify and Google Podcasts, Overcast, um, Radio Public. There's tons of them, but those are, are the main two that I think people listen to the most. Okay. All right. Perfect. You know, I would want to listen to that episode. Mm-hmm. I'll send you a link. Yes, yeah, so please send me a link. Okay. So about Hot Topics Live, tell us about Hot Topics, the podcast and the live. Well, okay, so Hot Topics Live um, is a live stream, kind of like a talk show almost. It is um, my co-host and I, we meet and we talk a bit, and then we have a guest, and we talk about a specific topic of interest, and our guest is the expert, and so we get to ask questions and find out information, and we share a little bit about ourselves or some of our experiences, and um, hopefully we send out a good message and put good energy out into the world for um, the people who are watching, and you can watch that on our Hot Topics Live Facebook page. It streams right to the page. And um, that's at th- on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then um, you can catch the replays. Or if you have no time to watch that, we then take the audio from that and publish it as a podcast. So you can listen to it at your leisure on Hot Topics, the podcast. That's awesome. This is great. Yes. I am so, well, I am so excited that you... I am so excited and honored that you were my guest today on today's episode. Yes. Thank you for having me. Oh, listen, my pleasure, Kia. My, so um, um, listeners, I hope that you got some, you know, golden nuggets and value. And maybe there's something that you learned from this pod, you know, from this um, conversation that we had today. And, you know, I would love for you to share the podcast out with, you know, someone who needs help. Someone needs to hear this message. I mean, the story that you shared, Kia, today, that was, wow, about your friend. Mm-hmm. It shook me up. It gave me goosebumps. Yeah, dealing with anger and not, and recognizing that, that it's not in your mind, recognizing that this person is not overreacting they are actually having an anger issue, that this is irrational anger, and that once it happens and they they lay hands on you that one time and then they beg for forgiveness and you forgive them it is more likely that they are going to do it again it perpetuates a cycle so that is the point i wanted to make with that story is to to watch the patterns of behavior you know it's hard to see them when you love someone but once you see the pattern believe me you won't unsee it And once you realize that you're in a relationship where the person is so angry, whether it's from alcohol or drugs or just whatever issues that they have within themselves, you have to choose yourself. You have to choose your own well-being over that person because it's not going to stop unless you do. Exactly. And I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you 100%. Absolutely. So look for the signs, be aware. And I commend Kia for stepping in, you know, to help her girlfriend. And now, you know, I will certainly say a prayer for her. I always do. 
I don't know where she is, but I hope she's alive and well and in a much better, loving, respectful relationship that's healthy. Exactly. Exactly. Because things change. So mm -hmm. anyways, Kia, thank you so much for being here today um, on my podcast. I'm just, I was just really, I'm just really happy and thrilled and honored that you were my guest. So um, listeners, just um, look for us, you know, look for Let's Break the Silence on Spotify and on iTunes. And I look forward to seeing, I look forward to the next episode. So Kia, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule because I know you're busy, you know, with London Real and everything. So, you know, so um, very thank thrilled you. to have you here. So have a great, um, any closing um, words, Kia? That was my... Oh, um, well, I want to say thank you so much for having me and um, thank you to the listeners for giving me the opportunity to share with you that story that I've carried close to my heart for so many years and hopefully sharing it will help at least one person and I will have done my job and um, done the right thing, I hope. And if you are inspired to listen to anything else I do, the Female Veterans Podcast is not just for female veterans. All women should know what we go through as women in the military. The stories are real and candid. And, um, and these women are amazing. So they're heroes. They're real life heroes. And so follow me on Instagram um, at the Female Veterans Podcast on Twitter at FemVet Podcast um, and um, check out Hot Topics Live or Hot Topics the Podcast. And thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, Kia. You're welcome, Kia. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, listeners, and have a great and have a blessed day.